we have a choice in the judge of the Court of Appeals position 11 race. And today we are joined by Kyle Crone, one of the candidates for the job. Good morning, Kyle. Good morning. Thanks for joining us. So the judge races on our ballot are often uncontested. This is a race that has two candidates, yourself and Joel DeVore. But first off, if folks aren't clear, what is a court of appeals? How does it fit in the judicial system? So the court of appeals is what's called an intermediate appellate court. And basically what that means is that it outranks a trial court, but it's not the highest ranking court. So if someone goes um, to a trial in Oregon, whether it's a criminal case or a civil case, Mm -hmm. and they don't like the outcome, they usually have the right to have the Court of Appeals review the decision to make sure that the judge made all the legally correct rulings. Um, But the Court of Appeals has to follow the decisions of the Oregon Supreme Court and the United States Supreme Court. So they're not the final word on what the law means. Got it. And tell us, who are you and why are you running for this position? Well, my name is Kyle Crone. I am a public defender in Salem. I practice primarily before the Court of Appeals. Um, A little about me, I grew up in Portland in the Montevilla neighborhood, um, which kind of straddles northeast and southeast along 82nd. Um, I went to uh, Madison High School and then Whitman College in Walla Walla and Georgetown University for law school. Um, Then I came back to uh, Oregon to be a public defender, uh, which is what I've been for the last 10 years, first at the trial level and then at the appellate level. And I I practice primarily before the Court of Appeals. So that's the court that I'm most familiar with. Mm -hmm. And I decided to run uh, to be judge of the Court of Appeals primarily because I want to change how the court functions. Uh, The Court of Appeals has a practice that's called Affirm Without Opinion, or AWOP, A-W-O-P. And that's the the most common outcome for an appeal, 60 to 70% of appeals are decided uh, without opinion. And and what that means is that the judges basically say to the person who is appealing, we're going to rule against you, but we're not going to tell you why. Mm. We're not going to give any explanation for our ruling. Um, And I believe that that practice is just unfair and unjust, and it it needs to be changed. And how, what does that change look like? So it sounds like, you know, that is the way that, as you said, 60 to 70 percent of the cases happen. Like, what does change look like? How do you make that different? Um, I mean, what I want to do is is make the the process more balanced. So mm-hmm. right now, when the court issues an opinion, often uh, you know that'll be like five, ten, even twenty pages of the judges you know, reciting the facts and going through the law and explaining their decision. And only a few people get that. Most people get no explanation, and there isn't really any any rhyme or reason to it. They, mm-hmm. They'll affirm without opinion. Even in the most difficult cases, the, the most significant cases, even sometimes when they disagree with the lower court, um, there are all sorts of reasons why they would do it. And it's, it can feel kind of arbitrary why they will give some people a long explanation and other people no explanation. And so the, what I would do as a judge is say everyone should get some minimum amount of explanation, even just one or two sentences to summarize what the court was thinking when they made their ruling. Mm-hmm. And then we'll, we'll save the longer explanations for cases that, that truly need it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I don't think that having that one or two sentence explanation would be um, much of a burden for the court because the judges are all already meeting in private to discuss these cases, to vote on them, to, uh, to, to reach a decision. They just don't tell anyone why they make that decision. And I think having a one or two sentence summary of their reasons 
would be very helpful for the parties and the attorneys to know what the court was thinking, and it shouldn't be a significant burden, especially if they make that the norm for every case. Mm. As voters are looking at their ballot, what's at stake in this Court of Appeals election? I think what's at stake is the opportunity for Oregon voters to have a say in how our state judicial system functions. Um, It's a process um, that we don't often have much influence over. Most judges are initially appointed by the governor. They run for re-election unopposed. And there isn't much attention paid to how the Court of Appeals operates. And and frankly, I think that um, an election is really the only way that voters will have a chance to have a say on this particular practice, the affirm without opinion practice. It's not something that the judges are going to change on their own. It's not something that, uh, you know, a judge who is appointed by the governor coming on the court is going to be able to say, well, now we're going to do things my way, because all the other judges can say, well, we were appointed by the governor too, but we've been on here longer than you have, and this isn't how we do it. Um, and it's not something, you know, the legislature probably is ever going to want to change. You know, it's not something the governor is ever going to want to change. The voters are really the only people who are in a position to say, you know, we want the court to be more transparent and more accountable, and, and this is your opportunity to do that. Hmm. Is it up to each judge to decide whether they do the without opinion judgment? A, a little bit. So the Court of Appeals has 13 judges, mm-hmm. and the way it works is that the vast majority of cases are heard by a, a randomly selected panel of three of the judges, and they vote and a majority of those judges will decide the case. Usually it's, it's unanimous. And the court's uh, policies state that you know, they will affirm without opinion only when all three judges agree to do that. So if any okay. one of those three judges said, I think we should give an explanation for our decision, then they'll give an explanation. Now, it, it might be that that judge has been given the assignment of writing the explanation, mm-hmm. um, but one judge can, at least for those cases that they're hearing, require an explanation, which means that if one judge is elected to the court and says, I want to explain every decision, um, at the very least, you know, one, one-fourth of all of the cases that are heard will then get an explanation that they wouldn't have otherwise. And frankly, I also think that you know, through an election, if the voters speak that they want this practice to change, that all of the judges will be receptive to that, mm-hmm. um, that they'll understand that that's, that's what the voters want. Um, and if, if they see that the alternative is feasible, I think they'll go along with it. And as voters are looking at their ballot, as they're looking at their voters' pamphlet, how should they evaluate the candidates for judge of the Court of, Pe- court of Appeals? Essentially, what makes a good Court of Appeals judge? You know, it can be difficult to evaluate a, a judicial candidate. Judicial mm-hmm. candidates are under a lot of restrictions for what they can say. Um, ethics rules that say you can't take positions on issues. You can't say, you know, what you believe about the, the controversial topics of the day. Um, and so ju- voters are often left without a lot of information. They have to rely on you know, the judge's background, their education, qualifications, um, look for endorsements, which unfortunately are, are not very common um, in judicial races. And especially this year, I think COVID-19 has really done a lot to um, make it difficult for organizations that usually evaluate and endorse judges to, to do that. Um, but you can look at qualifications, and I'm, I believe that I'm high, highly qualified. I'm you know, I've been eight years before the Court of Appeals. I'm um, one of the most productive appellate attorneys in the state. I work at the State Public Defender's Office, where I file more briefs and argue more cases than almost anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that puts me in one of the, the most productive appellate attorneys in the state. So you can know that I'm a hard worker. I'm pretty highly regarded by my colleagues. 
um, and, and I have the, the background and qualifications to do that. But, you know, you don't just have to take my word for that. You can look at the, the background and the voters pamphlet um, and on my website, which is uh, kylefororegon.com. And how have you prepared to shift for the, from the trans? How have you prepared for the transition from attorney to judge? So one of the things that my office does to prepare for our cases is anytime we're going to argue an appeal in front of the court of appeals, uh, the attorney will actually have some of their colleagues read the briefs and then sit down with them in, a, in kind of a mock argument to, to take the role of judges and ask questions. Mm-hmm. So um, you know, I, I do that, and I also have often volunteered as a judge for, for moot court um, practices at law school. So I, I have some experience sort of pretending to be a judge. Mm-hmm. And I think I, I kind of have a reputation for being pretty good at that, for asking really good, difficult questions um, that sometimes get at the, the root of the issues in the case. And I think I have a reputation among my colleagues for asking hard questions. Um, I kind of warn them when they get excited about me running for judge. They think that I'm going to be on their side, but I tell them, you know, I'm not, I'm not playing devil's advocate when I ask these tough questions. Those are the same questions I would ask when I'm a judge. Um, now, the, the, the main thing that I would need to do to prepare is to master all of the areas of the law, because the Court of Appeals hears pretty much every single kind of legal dispute there is, from family law to administrative law to land use, um, you know, and I, I practice primarily in criminal law, so I'm going to need to do a lot of studying. Um, fortunately, between the election and when I would actually start assuming the role of judges in January, I'll have some time to, to do that studying. Mm. And what are some, in, in your legal career, what are some examples of cases that have changed your life? You know, um, as a public defender, I represent people in, in criminal cases, which are often, you know, some of the most difficult um, and sometimes even embarrassing parts of their lives. And confidentiality rules and uh, just ethical concerns I mean I can't talk about specific cases. Sure, sure. Um, but I am, I am happy to be able to help people through that practice. Um, and to try to get the practice, get, get the, uh, the procedure done as quickly as possible, as efficiently as possible, but also do a good job of advocating for their legal interests. Mm-hmm. And how has your campaign been impacted by COVID-19? You know, my campaign hasn't been impacted a lot directly. I, I was never planning on having big rallies or going door to door. Um, and, you know, having the ability to do interviews has not really been undermined too much now that we can do them over the phone or by video. Um, I think that the biggest impact that COVID-19 has had on judicial elections in Oregon is just that a lot of media and a lot of organizations that usually focus on them have been you know, really hard pressed to have the, the amount of um, people and, and time required to, to get into the judicial races. For example, the Oregon State Bar Usually every election will have a preference poll where they ask all the lawyers in the state what candidate for judge they support, and then they make that public so people have an idea of what lawyers think about the candidates, and they haven't done that this year. Um, so people are, I think, lacking some of that information that they would usually have, um, I think due in part to COVID-19, but I'm trying to, to make up the difference by making as much um, availability as I can for um, background on me and for being available for interviews. And how are you focusing your time in, in the campaign over this last week before the primary? Um, you know, to be honest, I, I feel like I've, I've done about as much as I'm able to do. I, yeah. I um, have made a website and put a lot of information on that and fill out questionnaires, um, participate in interviews. But, you know, I think voters 
um, you know, once they actually sit down with their ballot and their voters pamphlet and get to work on that, have a lot of information available to them. I don't really want to overwhelm people with more than that, especially because there's so many other races that are so much higher profile um, that are competing for attention. I, I'd rather let people you know, decide on their own time in their own way um, how they want to vote. And as folks are looking at this race, Kyle, why should they choose you as judge of the Court of Appeals for position 11? If you agree with me that our courts should be transparent and accountable and that judges should explain their decisions, um, then I am the only candidate um, who's, who's willing to do that. You know, I, I can't promise that you'll agree with every decision that I make because no judge could make that kind of promise, but I will try to explain every decision. And that's a commitment that you're not going to get from any other Court of Appeals judge. And Kyle, where can folks find out more about you and your candidacy? I have a website, uh, www.kylefororegon.com, which has a, a lot of information as well as links to interviews and other material on the, uh, the campaign. You can also check out the Oregon State Bar um, Judicial Voters Guide, which I've linked on my website, or you can go to the State Bar website, uh, osbar.org, I think, um, to, to get more information on the candidates. Excellent. Kyle Crone, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Thank you for having me. Again, that's Kyle Crone, candidate for Judge of the Court of Appeals, Position 11. You can find out more information at kylefororegon.com.